Welcome to What The If News. This is the What The If News division, also known as WTIF if you're uh, east of the Mississippi. Uh, if you're west of the Mississippi, it would be KTIF, which doesn't work for anybody. It doesn't work for anybody. Right. So we are going to ban, we won't broadcast past the Mississippi. We'll just have a hard stop. Uh, that's right. right. So if, if you're in Denver listening to this now, please stop. <laughs> you have to set your VPN to uh, the East Coast. Um, so uh, just real quick, what we're doing here is this is a new thing. I'm dropping it in the regular feed of uh, What the If. So if you're used to listening to our uh, feature presentations where we take a scenario and we extrapolate it for uh, 45 minutes-ish, um, this is a different thing. We, we had uh, the amazing Gabby Panicia, a virologist from Rockefeller University with us. How are you, Gabby? She's still here. How are I'm you? I'm doing good. Broadcasting this time from an undisclosed supervillain volcano. So, uh, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Listen to la- last week's "What the If" news to um, understand the the beginning of that story. Uh, Gabby was with us for about four episodes um, covering the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic uh, with us on that on our main show there because basically we found ourselves living in an actual if scenario. And um, we've gone a little bit back to our regular programming there, somewhat, but uh, I, I just wanted to keep, I felt this is an important story, and I uh, follow the news, but always could use more si- more of the science behind it, and a little bit of uh, clarification sometimes. So we asked Gabby if she would do that for us once a week. So um, what we're doing is we're trying to do these on uh, Monday mornings, a quick sort of one story that grabs our attention, and uh, we'll talk about it. Um, this, this week, here's a story that grabbed our attention, and this is um, this particular version of it is being reported by the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, but uh, it's been uh, everywhere, and uh, it it involves a question some people are asking. Some say that old chestnut. Um, well, we wonder where. Uh, here's the thing: scientifically, we do wonder. At least those of us are curious. Where did this virus? originate from and um there's a bit of a conspiracy theory that perhaps it came uh either intentionally or accidentally from a lab in wuhan china let's let's let uh, nora and uh, their wonderful staff over at cbs news fill us in here we go just uh two minutes Tonight, China continues to deny a cover-up in its handling of the outbreak. But today, it increased the death toll in the city of Wuhan, raising it by 50 percent. And that's just adding to the mystery over how this virus spread and where it came from. So we asked Face the Nation moderator Margaret Brennan to look into it. Chinese authorities claim the virus surfaced at a wet market in Wuhan. But independent Chinese researchers say the first known patient had no exposure to the market. U.S. intelligence is investigating other theories, including whether the virus was accidentally released by a lab a few miles away that had been researching pathogens carried by bats. State Department officials who visited that lab in 2018 raised safety concerns. Epidemiologist David Heyman says the virus originated in nature. This was a one-time episode where an animal in nature or even a bat in nature, because this virus is very close to viruses in bats, infected a human. And that human then infected others. But Chinese authorities blocked CDC investigators, and the wet market was bleached down before any health inspection. 
Margaret Brennan, CBS News, Washington. The lab story is weird. What is that yeah. about? So I think I, I mentioned in one of the, the previous podcasts that back in April of 2019, scientists had actually found sort of like the mother of SARS-CoV-2. We found like the precursor of it. Uh, we, we pulled it from bats um, and we tested actually locals around the area um, and found that they had sort of antibodies against this virus, meaning they'd been exposed to it. It probably couldn't produce like a productive infection in them. Um, but some way or another, they'd been in contact with it, you know, just people, bats around each other. Um, so I'm not necessarily thinking, you know, big conspiracy theory that the first patient didn't seem to have connections to the wet market, because then that could have been a person who came from a rural area uh, where this was, you know, kind of growing and evolving in contact with people. I mean, I haven't really heard much about this person. Right. Like it's it's sort of this mystery person. Actually, before um, before we go even further, what I hear that term all the time, wet market. So so the theory is that the, the best going theory is that it if the, the virus emerged in a wet market. And what is a wet market? And do do we have? It sounds like something that only exists in China or in Asia. A uh, wet market is where they sell live animals. Okay. So that happened, that's here all the time too, right? And we have well, not very often. Like, how often do you go to your local grocery store and they have live animals there? Um, oh, to like regular consumers, not yeah, right. Yeah, it's not like a wholesale market kind of thing or a, a slaughterhouse. It's just a guy with a bunch of bats on the back of his pickup truck. Oh, and that bat, and so it's a bat that was being sold for dining. Right. So then you well, so, it could have been a bat. Could have been, right. Could yeah. have been, so at a right. wet market, you get direct human animal interactions in non sterile conditions, which is why it's a good place for viruses to jump from species. And a wholesale market is. I mean, so if you, the, the beef that you buy at Trader Joe's uh, was produced at a highly regulated and very clean factory, uh, uh, which is adjoining to the slaughterhouse where the cows are killed. So um, everything is carefully taken care of. Um, in, in, so this is the upside of industrial food production is that you don't have to have those sorts of uncontrolled human-animal interactions. So the wet market in China is ordinary people can go into a market, like we would go into a market here, but there are also live animals of all kinds. And you can say, I want, I mean, that's fresh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's the idea. It's like your local bodega selling chickens. And so how um, that means that there were possibly bats that had the virus that were carrying the virus and would the person have gotten it simply by walking by the bat merchant or would he have had to buy and eat these bats or how easy is it to get from while you're in the market? There's a couple of different ways it could have happened. It could have happened just by like exposure and handling said sick bat. Um, it could have happened because it was butchered on a surface and then that came in contact with someone else where, you know, but bodily fluids are always mes methods of transmission, um, essentially, and bat bodily fluids are very much the same. Um, it also could have been another animal. Um, so probably way back at the beginning, you heard pangolins uh, implicated in this. Um, What's a so pangolin? They are really cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're sort of like these little <laughs> anteater things with like these little like scales um, on oh, their right, back, right, and right. they have like they're really cute. Um, and that's why we I blame always, the bats. 
because yeah. certainly the cute we don't want to damage the the cuteness yeah and and you know it could have just infected something in you know as an intermediary like a middleman um because i think people were saying well oh we've found out somehow that the market didn't carry bats well you know scientists have thought for a while maybe it was some other animal i think mm. sars used like civets as an intermediary from bats so i mean it's not unheard of what's a civet uh it's a little cat-like critter oh my mm -hmm. well those are suspicious anyway anything cat-like <laughs> Uh, so the la and then the, the 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 most extreme of the conspiracy angle here was that all that is those are actually likely and you know reasonable scientific hypotheses that the virus emerged from from a wet market in some ways. Um, but what about could it have escaped the lab? I guess in in the news story, the defense. Uh, the whoever was the spokesperson for the lab or something said well we don't even deal with that kind of well virus. actually it's it's a little bit more interesting than that so they were part of the team that was as i understand surveying the giant horseshoe bats that study that found it in april of 2019 so they were out collecting samples from bats essentially trying to monitor and make sure there weren't going to be any human infectious ones so they actually were probably part of the group that was originally surveying this. Mm. And so she, of course, wanted to make sure that their precursor, essentially the precursor of this virus, wasn't one of the ones that they had. Because, or that because it would mess it, with, their, with their survey? Yeah, then it, well, then it could have been possible that, you know, it did get out of the lab, but it couldn't have because it was never there to begin with. Ah. Of the viruses they had, they didn't have the precursor of that. They, they just had other bat coronaviruses that they'd isolated. Um, so it you know, they didn't have, you know, SARS-CoV-2's, you know, mom virus, and they didn't have SARS-CoV-2 in that lab. Um, sort of by definition, because they were the ones out looking for it, so they wouldn't have been out looking for it if they already had it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they could tell immediately, like, the when you hear from the scientist who, who was speaking uh, about this, who, who was on the project for it, she was worried that it potentially came from them. So she was comparing all of the sequences of all of the bat coronaviruses they'd had from their project, and none of them matched the sequence of SARS-CoV-2. So they had bat coronaviruses just of a different family, um, and none of them were, were this one. And so, so to, to wrap up, it sounds like just thinking towards the end game of this whole thing, it sort of doesn't it's, it's academic in a way, whether it is how it got to us, uh, although that's important. If it was obviously an accident at a lab, then, you know, better procedures to maintain that would be great. Although you were mentioning that these kind of labs are incredibly secure. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're never going to be able to go back to the all the way up the food chain to find the ultimate origin, origin, origin and wipe the virus out from there. The end game is going to be that we simply become, we find a way through vaccine or treatment or whatever to survive and become immune to it. And then it can exist all over Earth anyway, or we have to end it by simply uh, hunting it down to the last place it exists. I guess we have to shrink the areas where it's spreading, right? I mean, because yeah. it can only really, it's only really producing a productive infection in people, spreading between people. Um, so if all of the people are immunized against it, there's nowhere for it to turn. Uh, and so it essentially would die out. Same thing with like SARS and MERS. They're, they're extinct in the wild. We, of course, have samples on, of them 
so that we can run experiments so that we could be prepared for the next coronavirus. Um, like, ta-da, this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're not going to catch, you know, SARS out for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a relief if, because it's socially isolating. Or socially if it does, I'm going to tell it to wear a mask and get <laughs> that away from me. Uh, Matt, any, any last questions? Um, uh, no, sounded good. That's a, it's a big relief. Thank you. Yes. If, uh, to relieve your sense of relief, I recommend you, uh, re- <laughs> listen, if you hadn't already to last week's episode of, uh, what the, if, where we examined the conspiracy theory that cell phone towers were spreading the virus. That'll get you fired up again. Uh, but you'll learn the real science behind it. And that's what we're aiming to do here. So thank you very much, Gabby, for filling us in, for getting this news update in. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with our Corona news update that has no good title yet. What the if news viral edition. There we go. That's how it happens. That's <laughs> how the here. magic happens. Um, but also stay tuned on Fridays. Uh, our regular show will be updated and, uh, it's a good one this week, so check it out. Thank you all. Um, go to our website, whattheif.com, to learn more about uh, all our shows, this one and the other one, and learn a bunch of a new in- bunch of information uh, about our topics that we discuss and contact us there. You can also email us at feedback at whattheif.com, and we're on Twitter at whattheifshow. And lastly, if you're enjoying this, uh, whatever you think about it, let us know. This is a new thing we're developing. So feedback at whattheif.com. Let us know if you heard it and what you think and any suggestions for stories or questions. We will pass them on. And um, if you could rate us or review us on whatever podcast thing you're listening to us on right now, that would be amazing. Tell your friends. A lot of your, a lot of you have found out about it from friends, so we thank those friends. And if you can pass it on, that'd be fantastic. What the if news from the What the If broadcast network that is only east of the Mississippi. Thank you, everyone. Ciao. <laughs> I guess Italy is east of the Mississippi, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the way east, all the way around.